Welcome to North Boston Korean United Methodist Church. Here we are a family that seeks to love others in the way that Jesus loves us and raise people up in his love. We are grateful to have you listen in. So regardless of who you are, you are always welcome here. For more information, check out our website at mbkumc.com. My name is Javon Johnson, and however you want to call me, Javon or Mr. Javon, Pastor Javon, however you want to call me, but I, I'm so excited to uh, come to you today and share a word that's been put on my heart, and I know what I know will bless you, but I pray it will just increase you even more. I just first want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of my life, and is my Lord, and I thank God that he's your Lord as well. Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? That's good, that's good. That's the first step we got to take to know him. I also want to thank Pastor Jane, uh, Kim, Way, and uh, Sabbatical. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come and to speak to the group. And uh, I pray that um, going forward, that the ministry just goes even more. It grows to a capacity never before seen. And I think uh, what she's doing here, what you all have going on here, is going to reach, I think, not only just this church, but communities around here. So I'm just so thankful to God. Um, when you said North Boston, I thought this was in the city. <laughs> I didn't think this was in Andover, <laughs> up north, but uh, I'm so appreciative of that. And of course, I have my pastor here with me, Bishop Lawrence Ward, at the Abundant Life Church in Cambridge. And so I'm thankful for him for coming. And so my friend Fatu here, she's the president, president of the Student Association for the Commonwealth. But we're glad to be here. And uh, today I want to talk to you about Christ Jesus. And my title today is. Do you believe him, Christ? Do you believe him, Christ? And let me pray really quick before we go in. I know prayer is so important, and it is, because once we pray, we invite God's presence in. Amen. So, Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to speak your word with clarity, to speak it with boldness. And I pray for those who are listening today. I pray for those who are listening to the recording. Father, I pray for our hearts, that our hearts would be aligned with you, however you want us to encourage one another, however you want us to pray for one another, whatever you would have us to do, Lord, help us to do it in this time. Help us to, for it to be to your glory and to your grace. Father, this word is breathed on. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Fill our hearts. Give us a special word of wisdom on today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And this on today is going to be a little bit interactive, too. And um, I know we're youth, so we can get excited a little bit whenever we need to about the word. But I just want to read this and see if it'll go into your hearing. So we're going to John chapter 6, verse 60. And it reads as such, the word of the Lord. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he is before? It is the Spirit who gives life. 
The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? Last verse here, 71. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it is he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. I want to go back to verse number 68. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Do you believe him, Christ? Do you believe him? The book of John is so interesting. Um, it speaks of the divinity of Christ. And John, there are so many arguments on the scholars of who uh, wrote the book of John. It could have been John the Apostle. It could have been John Mark. It could have been another John who was speaking to him. But thus, author of John speaks to the divinity of Christ. That Christ is God. If you go back to John 1 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. And God was the Word. I want to read it for an exact in your hearing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John already speaks to who this Christ is, who, who, who the Messiah is, who Jesus has come to be. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In this passage in John chapter 6, Jesus is still explaining to his disciples and even the Jews, the people who are hearing him, exactly who he is and who comes on the scene. I think about in Bible days how many would come to Jesus and think about, really, are you the person who was promised to us? Are you really somebody who is coming to us to heal our pains and to, to change our situation, to build up your kingdom? Do we really know who you are? And in John chapter 6, is really asking about, is Christ really who he says he is? And to his disciples who have been following him all this time, they've seen him do miracles, they've seen him uh, turn water to wine, they've seen him raise the dead, they've seen him open blind eyes, and all of this, they're still struggling with the bit of, do, do I believe? Do, do, we, do you believe? Today, we still kind of have that question, even throughout a pandemic, and even now where we are, we, we, come to, we come to this place of like, I know I believe, and I know I know who Jesus Christ is, but have I come to believe and to know him? Because to believe and to know him is walking with him, just like the disciples walked with him. It's something where I'm in lockstep with, with who he is that I just come to know that no matter what, I know that he is God, that he is Christ. He's come to heal me. He's come to bring me out of the situation that I was in before. And he's also the person who's going to lead me 
into a life that's worth fulfilling. We invite Jesus Christ into our lives. It's not just to change us completely, to make us brand new, but it's to make us new. Our personalities are the same. Our characters are different. The way we speak are kind of the same, but something inside of us shows that we believe something that's very, that's higher than ourselves. That's, that's very the epitome of, of what God can come down into flesh, dwell among us, and be with us. That's something to really soak in. So I, I looked at this word believe, and in the Greek is pistulo. I go to Gordon Conwell, so execute a little bit. But um, today I just want to be simple. I just want to be relevant. But pistulo is belief. Coming to something that is true. Believing is coming to accept something that's true. Um, when you know that something is true, you're convinced that you won't disbelieve it. You're going to be alongside of it. Like, you know it's something that's, I can hold on to it. I know it in my heart. I believe it. Like, I believe it's true. You know, something that's close to you, you know that believe it's true. At this time, the disciples are really struggling with who Jesus is and what he's saying. Is really all that he's saying true? I go back to the earlier verses that we have here in verse uh, 35 uh, in John chapter 6. He's saying, I'm the bread of life. The bread of life. We just saw you feed the 5,000. Look at the natural and the spiritual connecting here. I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Wait, hunger and thirst. But you're Jesus. Where's the bread? Where's the water? Man, I didn't come out here to follow you for nothing. Okay, so hunger and thirst. I won't hunger and thirst. Verse 36, but I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. You do not regard what I'm saying to you as true. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. So they're still grumbling with this, and even the Jews, the Jews, the, the people group who are called by God, who are supposed to be his people, are still struggling with the fact of, is what Jesus is saying really true? What is this about what he's saying? I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, isn't this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Who is this? Have you ever heard that person that, that talks bold or talks like they know it all? And you're like, who is this? Well, really, who is this? The disciples are kind of coming to the same thing. They're like, do we really believe him? Do we think he's true? What he's saying is true? Is this who the Messiah is? No one can come to me unless the Father who sends me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. He says it again in verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, the one who eats of it and does not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. I want to stick a point here that Jesus came to the world because he loved the world. The world didn't necessarily love him, but he loved the world. And we were singing today about how Jesus become just as we are. He loves us so much that he would send his only begotten son. Like, would you send your, your only son, your only child, to die for the sins of the world? 
That's the Jesus that we know and have come to believe. And who Peter says, we've come to believe and to know. So there's two people here that I want to talk about on today. I want to talk about Peter, and I want to talk about Judas. I want to talk about Peter, who is the rock, as Jesus has called him, an apostle. Peter is outspoken. Peter is everywhere and some. Peter is telling it all. He knows Jesus upside, backside. He's the head. He, you know, he's he's in front of everything. You got that person in your squad who, who just knows it all, who likes to speak. And you're like, who is this person? But Peter is this person to the disciples. And he speaks up to Jesus when he says, do you want to walk away too because of what I'm saying? He says, no, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know. Now, Peter does deny Christ, right? Read the Bible, Peter does deny Christ. He doesn't deny him just once, twice, but three times. But he still struggles with the fact that, do I really believe him? I'm going to continue to walk with him. I'm really going to go after what he's saying. And most of us, when we're coming into church, we're coming into small group or Bible study or wherever we are, and our parents will be talking to us as well, but we're like, we really believe him. We really believe him if we're coming to him and spending time in his word and we're listening to Pastor and Pastor Jane will whoop, Pastor Jane preaches the word, but we're really coming to believe and to know him. When you're coming to believe and to know something, you're really not going to leave it. And that's what I want to pinpoint to you today. Do you believe? Are you still standing and believing? The words of Jesus are true. Now, the other person I want to talk to you about is Judas. Judas is scary, the betrayer. But Judas was still there, though. Judas didn't leave Jesus when he was talking about, I'm the bread of life that's come down from heaven. I give you the water that I drink. You'll never thirst again. Judas was still there. So it's interesting when I was studying this passage that Judas never left, but later on he would leave. And today it's like we know who Christ is, but are we also leaving him even after he's chosen us, he's given us his word, he's walked with us, he's loved on us, are we leaving him? Are we going to leave him? Or are we going to come to believe and to know he's the Christ, the Son of God? In that, I want to go to um, the same passage here, but I want to look at the disciples. The disciple is one who is walking with Christ and knows Christ. And the other side of that are the apostles who are with him. So in kind of this passage there, he's talking to disciples, but he's also talking to his apostles. And those are the ones who are closest to him. You got some buddies who are close to you. Like you know some people, but you got some people who are real close, 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 that you can share your secrets with and know him. This is kind of the disciples to Jesus. They know him intimately, but they're still struggling with the fact of, do I believe what he's saying? Is it true? This word in the New Testament, believe, it has to go with the definition I gave earlier. Believing in the truth of a reality or a person. Knowing something that is true. And this is difficult, what Jesus is saying to them, because they don't know exactly if it's all the way right. I mean, they've seen him do all the miracles and things like that. They've heard of what the prophets are saying, but they thought of a Jesus who was more than this. He wasn't as humble. He was more um, presentatious. He had to be more ostentatious. He wasn't just someone who was humbly walking with them. A person who humbly walks with them was Christ. 
what he was saying was true. But the disciples are struggling with it at a point that's that's like never before because we know who you are, but do who you are, are we going to receive you as true? So let's go back to Peter. Peter was called a rock by Jesus, called out to be one of the uh, 12 disciples. But Peter was a fisherman by trade. It's funny how Jesus calls us exactly where we are, whatever trade we're in, whatever business we're doing. So in speaking to the young group, even in our school and in our time of education, Jesus calls us right where we are. We think we want to stand out, but I'm telling you today, if you want to stand out, choose him. Choose to believe in him. I promise you, he will make you stand out among the crowd. You won't have to be seen. You won't have to be heard. You won't have to be out in front. You won't have to be like Peter, know it all, accept him, and he'll give you the validation that you need because he's a perfect God. He's a perfect Savior. And that's who Peter was seeing. Peter saw Christ. When he denied Christ, he saw him. When he denied him three times, he saw Christ coming out in chains. And it's something when you see somebody and you act like you don't know them. Wow. That's something. I can't just see you and I act like, if I know you, I can't just see you and act like I don't know you and deny you. In this faith community, I also want to put a wisdom key here. In this faith community, let's know each other. When we see each other, acknowledge one another. Let's not run away from each other. Because Jesus wants to bring us all into knowing him as the truth. We want to exude that in our character. We want to show that. If I see you, I acknowledge you. I know who you are. I'm knowing exactly who you are. So Peter sees him, but he's like, I'm still denying him. I don't know if he's the truth. So he speaks in this moment is that we've come to believe that you know that you are the Christ. Now, whoever else they went to probably was also claiming to be the Messiah at the time. But this person, Jesus, was really was true. Now we have Judas, another apostle, chosen by Christ. But later on, Judas kind of has a turn of heart. And in that turn of heart, he doesn't know anymore if he's going to walk with Christ. And by his name and his nature, he's turning away from the truth that once was and, 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 and going for money and for things and for possessions. I want to exalt you today that things and possessions cannot go over Christ. Whoever Christ is, he's the one who's going to give you the things and the possessions. The things and possessions have their, have their place. They, they're where they are. They're where they're supposed to be. But they're not exactly your Lord. I want to say to you that Jesus is. He's the one who's true. And if you see him, acknowledge him. Accept him as that. Later on, as Judas betrays him, he betrays him in a way that's kind of intimate. Because when he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, he kisses Jesus right before he takes him over. Right before the guards take him over. Because Judas was telling the other guys earlier, the, the people who were coming to arrest him, the guards who were coming to arrest him, whoever is the one I kiss, that's the one who you're going to take away. How interesting is that? Betrayal by a kiss to the chief? If we come to believe and to know him, it's something that we can't just betray Jesus and walk away here. There are levels to knowing who is true. Peter is one who continues to walk with him, even though he denies him, even though he's not with him any longer. And, and the fact that Jesus is going to jail and may even die on tonight. 
he doesn't want to walk with him anymore. It's kind of hard to think about what exactly would I say about Christ. To people, who, who do I say that, that Christ is to people who I know who don't believe in him? How would you be a witness to him? Let's stick a point right here. How would you be a witness to somebody who doesn't know Christ like you know him? Who's not in the community and the pews and the, the chairs that you sit in listening to the word every day? Go out and be a witness. Go out and be someone who knows that Christ is true. And if we can show that, we can change not only the people who are around us, people who may be on our social media, people who may be in our corners, people who we who we sometimes may not have all the interaction with, but we still know them. It's be a witness for them. Because we can be Judas too. We can be Judas. We can turn and walk away. I don't know about you, but turning and walking away from Jesus to me seems kind of strange. I don't know if I can live without a person who gave his only life for mine. I mean, you really got to come to accept that. And it's a journey. It's not just a one-time thing that automatically, hey, I know that Jesus is with me and this is an exciting new life and I'm going to do everything for him. Because there's still going to be struggles and times when you're like, ah, I don't want to get up and come to church or I want to see something else on YouTube or watching something else. I'm not saying you got to be holy and everything has to be so right, but there has to be a sense to you where you come back and accept him and know him as Lord that, you know what, sometimes I need to turn off everything else and I need to get in the Bible. I need to get in the small group. I need to know him. I don't want to turn away from him. I want to know exactly who he is. So this person of Peter and Judas are one and the same. Both believed him and both denied him. They all stayed, though, when he said he was the bread of life who came down from heaven. Both men saw Christ. You heard the term seeing is believing. And kind of in a way, seeing him was believing him. I know today, physically, Christ is not with us. But we see him not only through the words that we speak, but we see him in the Bible. We see him in our prayer walk. We see him in our times of worship. We are still seeing Christ. That's another point I want to give to you. Still see Christ no matter what. See him as a person who is always there for you. He wants to be a savior to you. He doesn't just want to be a person that you just know. He wants to be a person that you believe. You got to believe him. Now, I know this is kind of uh, strange to know, to think about in a, in a way that, that seems kind of, you know, we just take him at his word. But he's showing us through his scriptures exactly who he is. He's revealing himself through his words, through what he is saying, through the apostles. Later on, they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem. And especially the Apostle Paul would also be a witness to him. He may not have been with Christ, but he was a witness to what Jesus was doing. On the road to Damascus, he has his experience and is knocked off his donkey and this kind of blinding light comes into his eyes and he knows exactly who Jesus is now. But he still has to walk out this kind of life of coming to believe and to know him. See, when you believe something, you know it as true, and you accept it as true. You're not wavered by anything else that convinces you otherwise. It's something to notice because 
as Peter was going through this life as well, Peter kind of still denies Christ even after he's been with Christ. And even later on in Acts, him and Paul have this kind of a conflict, this clashing of heads, this kind of clashing of, what you know, what, what exactly is that Jesus is saying to us at this time? What exactly are we supposed to eat? Are we eating with the Jews or are we eating with the Gentiles? People groups, right? Today, we have so much struggle with trying to appreciate one another's culture. And I think today, we have to learn how to humble ourselves and be able to learn from one another whatever culture we may be in. Because Jesus loves and accepts us all. So why are we not loving and accepting others just as he did? It's a walk. It's a walk. Can you say a walk? It's a walk. Come on, are you a little bit more excited about the word? Can you say it's a walk? It's a walk. You got to walk this out. Because when you walk this out, you start to walk into the truth of who he is. Most of us want to walk away in our sin. We think that something we did caused us to go away from Christ. We think that something we did a couple of weeks ago, maybe something that we'll even do today, will cause us to walk away from him. But he's still asking, do you believe me? Do you believe me? Do you believe I'll be with you? Do you believe that I will never leave you and save you? Do you believe that no matter where you go, there I am in your presence? Man, that's reassuring to know that. He's not following us just like to follow us. He's following us to love us. He's following us to guide us. He's following us to protect us. I got a partner for life in Christ who's also over me and knows exactly what I need. So we can't be wrapped up in our sin so much that we walk away from it. We walk away from him. That's not what he wants us to do. He wants us to know he wants us to believe him as Savior and Lord. Savior as someone who saves, as Lord as someone who is over our life. He wants to be in our lives, to have us. He wants to be right there with us, but we have to accept him as true. When we accept him as true, he comes into our lives and is the person that we need for the rest of our lives. We walk with him. So going back to these two characters here, I want to draw your attention to disciples. And we're kind of confused. I kind of envisioned that we'd be kind of in a circle, but um, maybe it didn't work out in my head because the option lesson was. But can you just look around for a moment? And this is how kind of the disciples are looking at Jesus. They're looking at him talking, and they're looking at one another. How many of you know when we look at one another in our lives, we want to know what that other person is doing? Are they believing what Jesus is saying right now? Are they living the life that's supposed to be living? Or maybe we want to tell on them, we want to expose them for everything that they did. We can't expose folks. We can't do that. He wants to, he wants to guide us into a community. And we're his disciples. We got to encourage them. We got to be with us. You got to be down for me. I got to be down for you. We got to be with each other, holding each other accountable, not just trying to, hey, you're doing this wrong or be on one another and try to, you know, bash one another. We have to be the person who's pushing towards Jesus. We have to see Christ as true, see him as a person who accepts us, see him as a person who really is not accepted by others. 
Because at, at other times, Jesus wasn't always welcome wherever he went. You know that feeling when you're in a room and kind of getting to know the people in there, they're welcoming you, but you, you got to kind of get to know them and you got to kind of, you know, come out of your shell a little bit. That's somewhat of what Jesus is experiencing here. But he's God at the same time. And he doesn't say that immediately when he walks into the room. He's just being with the people who are present there. And the question is, do they still believe him or not? Are they believing him as the truth? Peter is a person who speaks up from, I don't know, at many of the times, you, you know that place in the Bible where, where who do men say that I am? Who do, who do men say that I am the Son of Man am? Well, some say you're, you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're this and you're that. Okay, but who do you say that I am? And that as a community, we have to continue to answer. We got to continue as disciples of Christ to answer that question. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's funny, Peter answers that question again, calls him the Christ, comes, says we come to believe and to know you. But how we have to be so bold like Peter that we have to say that no matter what. We may be kind of stressed out over our week. We may be kind of stressed out over what we're dealing with. We may be kind of in our sin and not wanting to be closer to Christ. But we still have to answer the question, you are the Christ and I believe you. I believe you as true. You're the person who accepts me for who I am. And I believe that you are the person who I will walk with in this spiritual life, in this spiritual journey. Let's go a little further. When we talk about coming to believe and to know, we gotta be able to show. We gotta be able to show. Who likes nice clothes? Who likes nice attire? I like nice clothes, I like nice attire. My friend, she's always dressing nice. And she has better style than me. But, but the, the, the purpose of dressing nice in the attire is to show something, right? To show kind of a presentation, to show how to be professional, to show that I have a, a care, I care about what I have on, I, I care about what I'm wearing. We also should care about what we believe just that quickly. We gotta care about that. Just like the clothes that we wear, we have to care about who we believe who we know, who we know as Christ. If you know him, you gotta be able to show him. You have to show him that he's your Lord. Not everybody will believe that. Not everybody will accept that. But showing that is believing him. Showing is who you're knowing him. And Judas was kind of scared to show that because he was scared to show Christ as who he was. Christ is person who was walked with for three years and now He's selling him out for money, for possession. That's not exactly what we want to do. We want to show who Christ is no matter what. Because we believe him as truth. And the person of who he says he is. If we know him as a person who he says he is, we won't be moved by whoever comes at us with different questions. And have you seen kind of like the debate on today on social media where it's kind of like, who is God and what is he like and who is this person of? And how many of you have been in kind of that conversation of knowing who God is and kind of have to share with somebody else, right? Always grab the answers from the word. Can never go wrong. Because when you're showing it, you're actually standing on what you believe 
and you're not going to be moved by whatever else the argument is. You're showing off on what you're standing on and how you know Christ is. We have to be just that important, just that, just that engrossed in what he is saying. So to go back to the word here, he's saying he's the bread of life which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate manna and are dead, but he who eats his bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. You also know that people in church can also kind of question their faith a little bit too. Like they got a question about, why am I here? What's the purpose of being here? What's the purpose of being with people who are reading the word like I am? What's the purpose of the Bible itself? I know you have these questions. I know you have kind of these inklings, but keep walking with Christ. I came here to tell you today, keep walking with Christ. Keep going after him. Keep believing him. He's the person who loves you. Keep walking with him. Keep showing who he is. That's the whole, the whole press of the, of the, of the, of the, of the message that I want to bring to you is like, keep being with him. Don't let your sin draw you away from him. You may say, well, what is sin? What, 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 what is sin? Is sin a distance from God? I may have lied, may have cheated, may have done all these other things. And yes, we have been charged with that, but we still have to walk with him. We still have to go and ask for forgiveness. Yeah, I lied. I have to ask for forgiveness because I want to walk with Christ. I don't want to walk away from him. I don't want to turn away from him. I also don't want to be a stick to my brother, my sister. I also don't want to be the person who's kind of pushing them away. I got to go back and ask for forgiveness. Even though I know, I know, I know I've got pride. I know I'm Peter. I know I, I know some way, somehow, I got to be right. But it's not right. We got to encourage. We got to love. We have to embolden. This last point I want to say to you is kind of a, a point that we also have to know as a, as a witness to him. Because Jesus, who was rejected by his own, is not just rejected for the purpose of not knowing who he is, but he's rejected for the purpose of saying that Jesus the Christ has come and is God. He is God. So if he is God, and believing him is one thing, Knowing him is another. Those in combination actually prove to show who he is. Then we also must walk in love of who this is. When we believe something, we walk in the love of it. We walk in the truth of it. We walk in the light of it. Walk in the light on today. Walk in his love on today. Be not ashamed. Come just as you are. Whether you're Peter, the know-it-all, you deny him a little bit, but you still walk with him. You're Judas, who later on betrays him. Just as you are, come to him. He wants to know who you are. He wants to accept you. As I close out on today, I want you to know that the words of Jesus are something to be lived on. He is the bread that we need, the bread who we hunger for and thirst, the water that we need to drink. He says, the water I give you won't thirst anymore. You won't thirst after coming to me. You know exactly who I am. 
you'll accept me as true. You believe me. Believe me as a Christ, the son of the living God. And that's who I want to be to you. But I don't just want to be a person who's over you. I want to be a person who's with you. Through your sin, through your shame, through your guilt, through your wrongdoing, through your little bit of doubt, whether or not I'm going to believe, whether or not you're true, I still want to be with you. I want to be the person who accepts you just as you are. If there's someone out there today who needs to know who this Jesus is, I present him to you as a person who loves you beyond the shadow of a doubt, but also is one who comes to give you a life that is full of abundance. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But he came that he may give you life and life more abundant. Life that is fulfilling. Life that I can't even imagine not being without. Life that is so rich and so merciful. And all of my wrongdoing, He is my life. And for that person who wants to know Jesus on today, just repeat this prayer. Say, Father, I thank you that you sent your son to die for me. I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and that he rose again. Come into my life. I ask you to be my Savior. I believe you as truth. I believe that you are the Son of God. Sit down from heaven. Come into my life change. I want to be yours. Also for the person who is listening to the recording and maybe listening further, this Lord Austin ministry church here is are people who are for him. If you're a youth person and you want to be a part of this ministry, come check out this ministry. There are people who are walking with Christ, even through all of the trials, even through all of what may be seen and sin, even through all of their guilt, still walking with Christ. We're all still walking with Christ. We all are struggling with something. And we want to give it to Jesus on today. So I invite you. Know him. Also come to a ministry who loves him. Come to a ministry who knows him. For the people who are here, take about two or three seconds and and just, and just pray about the word on today. Pray how it can infuse your heart. Pray how you can be a blessing to someone else in society. Pray how you can help them out as they walk of faith. What can I do to help make your life simpler and easier, but a life that's with Christ? How can I be a blessing to you? you're listening we hope you are blessed by this week's message for more information check out our website at mbkumc.com